Hello and welcome to episode 52 of Yagmoth Soap Opera, the classic-related podcast brought to you, the community. I'm Andy and we're joined by Zach and we welcome back George Whiffy Penguin after his hiatus from last week. Hooray! So, George, I know you listened in. I know you uh, you heard what we had to say about Dark uh, Dark Ascensions and the cards that were in there. Um, you made some posts in the in the comments at the end of the article and uh, disagreed on some of the things we said and uh, had a few other cards you wanted to discuss. Do you want to give us your thoughts? That was enlightening. <laughs> Has he gone? That was just him hanging up as soon as you said, can you give me your thoughts? <laughs> All right, guys, that was funny enough. Let's now get George's real thoughts on it. <laughs> So, uh, in the, in the podcast, you guys talked about Soren, and I agree with Zach that I think that card is gonna do something. I mean, you might look at Elspeth and be, oh, well, Elspeth, you know, gives you a token every time and blah, 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 she's better, but she's double white. And in the late game, you can't give five of your guys all plus one plus oh. It's like giving your entire team exalted. It's better than that because they get it even out of the combat phases. Yeah, I think I think it's great, and I would not be surprised if Duranoth or uh, Osric two fifty started playing one, maybe even two in their deck. It seems like it would be really good against creature decks. Well, the other thing this does is it kind of gives you an incentive to have a black splash, something like Vendicate or uh, other cards that people often overlook. Are Gerard's Verdict is a ridiculous card. That's one of those cards that everyone always forgets about, and you know, of course, Hem to Torak is easier to cast, and it's at random. But in a base white deck with a black splash, it's a lot easier to play something like that. So it gives you a little bit of reach too. Yeah, I mean, if you don't want to go green, um, you could always just go white black. There's there's a lot of good cards in white black. Um, another card that you guys didn't talk about was Faithless Looting, and all joking aside, with Pass and Flames, um, it's. It's mental, uh, what, what careful study? It's careful study with flashback. And careful study has been a real card in vintage before. I wouldn't be surprised if faithless looting eventually made its way into, into vintage or a uh, classic. But for what? I mean, the only decks I can think about that used it are either bad dredge or, um, what is it? The, uh, reanimate, the world Gorger dragon deck. There- um, well, it's, in the World Gorger Dragon deck, it is much better than Careful Study, which I think they actually play. Yeah, but that's Yet, so fringe, it's like almost not even worth mentioning. Well, see, this entire set, with the exception of Graph Digger's Cage, is not worth mentioning. Isn't it funny how the whole set sucks, but it has one card that everyone is like predetermined to change the landscape of all formats? Now, I wouldn't say it sucks... But, I mean, in regards to Classic, it, it sucks. It's just Cage and nothing else. Well, let's not um, be too quick to say that, because we've never, maybe not said set suck, but it was... Let me give you an example. Did anyone on the show talk about Delver of Secrets? No, but we did talk about a lot of Innistrad cards. Yeah, but, I mean, that's just an example. There, there could be some hidden gems in here. We don't know yet. Yeah, um, Ghoul Tree, uh, no. if... if now, now, bear with me. These are a lot of if scenarios. Like I said, I don't like any cards in this set except for Cage. Um, if Graph Digger's Cage becomes the default sideboard card, 
which I don't think it would overthrow uh, Leyline of the Void and decks that could cast it. But if that's the case, Dredge could sideboard four ghoul trees and go aggro route with, you know, maybe even Tarmogoyf. Who knows? You just sideboard out some of the Dredge cards and sideboard in, like, a, a bad aggro deck. Wouldn't you be better off just sideboarding a good aggro deck? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, I, I'm, try, I'm reaching for playability in these cards. I really am. It's okay if you just want to say Andy, you, and Zach did a pretty good job covering everything because I can't come up with any more playable. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's fine. I think you guys overreached it, really. My my list would have been Soren. Oh Cage. my god, my friend. I need to pull up some of your old lists, Mr. We, <laughs> we overreached, overreached it. our respect to you, George. No, I, I know why you did it, but I'm saying my list would have been Soren, Cage, and Thalia. No, and there is you you sir are lying. Well, there okay, I would have no I way that would have been the extent of your list. I would not have uh, Tragic Slip. I would not have Secrets of the Dead. I would not have Gravecrawler. Okay. Okay, fair enough. Um, so yeah, I mean that's that's what I think. Uh, in, in conjunction with what you guys are saying, I mean the ones I just said that I would not have. No, absolutely not. Yawn. I'm tired of looking at this card. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's fair enough. I'm just uh, I just want to pull out a couple of these cards that you had in your last ones. <coughs> oh boy. <laughs> We, we can skip over past and flames. Psychological surgery, species transplantation, glistening oil, <laughs> chancellor of the draws. Oh man, I do invasion parasite, cards. scrap metal fiend, <laughs> fresh meat, caged sun, hex parasite. We all agreed on pristine talisman, George. Hey, that card. <laughs> You know, for what it's worth, that card was really good in standard. Oh, George, these are... These are terrible! <laughs> I, I agree, I agree. I just, I can't get over how not excited I am for this set for Eternal Magic. For standard, though, I'm actually kind of excited. Do you know what's like really ironic, guys, about the, about the set that I just read from? I think that was the set that most has changed Eternal Magic. That set that I was just reading from was New Phyrexia. Yeah, sure. Metal Misstep, Phyrexian Metamorph. Uh, the Slash Black Panther. Panther. Uh, Elish Norn. I, that, look, look at that set. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's just how wrong we, we can all be. I mean, we all talked about those cards. And we I'm had sure Elish Norn on that list, right? Uh, I do believe, because it was Grand Cinnabon was the title of that one. So Yeah, Praetor of the Bakery. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's interesting to look back and, and to see some of the things that we all thought were good. Uh, look, were, were there any of us who thought Hex Parasite wasn't good? Because remember, that was right when Jace was hitting its apex, and we were like, wow, this is a good answer for it. Yeah, yeah and it also, it also beat up on Chalice of the Void. Yeah. We also had a hefty debate on Con Liberated as well. Yeah. Oh, I tried so hard to get him to work, and he, he I just couldn't do it. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, it's kind of cool to see that, that stuff going on here, like the, the old school stuff, that this stuff was, when, when this was happening, like, even the results, this is, just so you guys have a perspective on what episode this was, this was episode 11, and 
the decks in this were so different from when we were doing our starting stuff. It was the Wild Dog got first with Vile Fish. Timmons was in second with Storm. Captain Mushroom played Good Game Oath. Sarbashar was Staxless Stacks. And Wasted was uh, Elephant Oath. So I mean, look at that metagame compared to what we have now. How much have times changed? How many yeah, sessions have we Four, three? For for one, there's no there's no workshop deck, and uh, the fish decks no, are there was totally a workshop deck. different. There was a... No, no, now, now. Oh yeah. I did put together um, a review of the year last year. It went out on Pure MTGO that kind of recapped all the sets and the changing landscape of classic over the year. Yeah, it's a good read too. I totally recommend you guys go in and check that out. It's uh, is it Eternal underscore Hammer for Pure? Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know, it's under under the hammer, yeah. Under the hammer, yeah. Check that out, guys. Definitely a great, great read. Um, that was Thorexian Metamorph as well in that set. Yeah, I mean, just, just ridiculous changes to the... Uh... There's also a few cards that I still even now think are underexploited from that set in... Uh... In, in Classic and, and Vintage. Um... Oh, yeah? You want us to be running some Verdi... Uh, or some glistening elves? Oh, well, no, but um, I still I think Noxious Revival is. Uh, oh, you know that that card is a real card too. Yeah. Well, I want to go back and say one of Andy's favorites from the set that I haven't seen him use enough, and I do think it's a good card still, and that's Praetor's Grip. Yeah, I mean, I was totally convinced that was going to be um, a house, but. Uh... Oh, it's Praetor's Grip. You know what? This is hilarious. This is so long ago, it's labeled as Praetor's Grip, and I'm looking at it now, and that's because it's a uh, translation from a Japanese card. It's Praetor's that's Grasp. Right. That's right. Um, so what do you guys think the over-under is on cards that we just completely missed? How many Delver of Secrets are in this set? One. I, I don't think this is a great set, but I definitely think there will be some card that surprises us. Now, I just like to be cautious. Uh, I I would say two. I'll be cautiously optimistic. Would you say two? You really cut out there. Yeah, two. Like cautiously optimistic. Okay. Okay. Andy. Yeah, I think they'll. There's bound to be one. There's bound to be one card that we've all missed that's gone under the radar. I don't know if it'll necessarily make an impact in classic, but they'll. There'll be a sleeper card for modern or legacy somewhere in the set that we just uh, just skips over. So, but it's, it's kind of cool I've enjoyed looking back through New Phyrexia with different eyes dude it's so bad that we stopped stuff like <laughs> Scrap Metal Fiend was playable that's like the worst card in history <laughs> I think we yeah. all said oh, maybe. oh you know you know what's a card that might actually be good this this could be our Delver of Secrets is Torch Fiend it's one and a red for a 2-1 body that has text of red sacrifice destroying artifact <sighs> Yeah, I mean that that could see play. I don't like know. if the meta, if the meta game is right, that could be a monster. Wow, this is so weird. We had what is the name of this card now? Uh, Birthing pod. We had it named Spawning Shell. <laughs> oh, we can thank Birthing Pod for Graph Digger's Cage, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. 
So, uh, what, what, what have you guys been up to in Classic? Obviously, you weren't up to any events, I, neither was I, because nothing fired last week. Uh, what, have, what have you guys been up to? Well, I've been uh, testing out some different things. Uh, I've been playing some Legacy lately, uh, which was, I've been rocking some, uh, what is it, uh, my deed still with uh, slight variation. Uh, I was talking to Dunkel on Skype, and he sent me his paper list, and he was running uh, Liliana of the Veil in there, so uh, I've am putting two in there temporarily to check it out. And that's been kind of fun. It's pretty ridiculous when you have Jace and uh, Liliana online at the same time. It's like you draw an extra card and then you make both players drop one. So it Liliana seems awesome in that deck. It's really cool. Yeah, and Life from the Loam with Liliana is really good. It's just it's a good, good card. Um, and then in Classic, I've been playing very similar. I've been rocking the uh, the Steel Cage deck, and uh, we'll talk about Steel Cage in a minute, but that's the other thing I've been working on, was I've been testing that against various decks. And i got to say, um, if you want something a little bit different to play in Classic, I really think it's a good choice for the metagame right now. Uh, it really, like I was saying last week, it, it is made to just completely anally rape uh, Affinity and Delver decks, so it's just not a fair matchup on, on either side, uh, for the most part. They have outs, but it's it's usually a pretty good matchup. And that was pretty, um, that's pretty much it. That's all I've been doing. What about you guys? So, uh, well, do you think that do you think that Liliana would be good in the classic uh, deed still or no? No, uh, only the the only reason it's really good in Legacy is because the games are so long. Um, Card advantage in the long game is much more important than card advantage while all they want to keep in their hand is a tinker. You know what I'm saying? All right. Um, myself, I've been playing a lot of uh, Innistrad Draft and Blue White Tron in Modern. Uh, I, I I just wanted something to do, and I had the Player of the Year prize, so that paid for my Modern deck. Congrats on that, by the way, buddy. Right. For second place, yay! Um, Damn, so that's, I mean, that, it, it wasn't bad. I ended up with, I think, uh, 200 tickets on the nose after selling all the rares that I didn't want. Um, so yeah, I built modern. Uh, I tried playing Past in Flames first, and the deck just lost to everything. <laughs> so I sold off the steam vents and all the expensive cards and built uh, Tron because I saw a video of it and it looked awesome. You get to play Gifts Ungiven, you get to play Mindslaver. It reminded me of like classic slash vintage. I've been playing that a little bit. I played it in two dailies. I, I prized in one. But an interesting thing, and I know Zach thinks I'm dumb for this, but the deck runs engineered explosives. And Delver of Secrets is a real card in modern too. And when Delver of Secrets is flipped into a 3-2 flyer, it has a zero converted mana cost. So Explosives blows it up. And I really want to play Explosives in Classic with Trigger Mage. Yeah, I mean, we we talked before the show, but I'll give my thoughts here real quick. And that is, I just, personally, I just think it's a bit too slow and too unwieldy in the format, even as it is now with the creatures. Um... It's not really going to block anything of value, and 
you pay three mana to search it up, and then next turn you might not even be able to use it because you have to pay for it, and then cost, cast two more to turn it on. So I understand it kills Delver, but a lot of the times you're going to want to kill an Oath, you're going to want to kill something else. So I don't know. I mean, it could have utility, it could have function, and I could be totally wrong. That's just my initial impression. See, that's that's kind of why I like it, though, because of that utility. Oh, it can kill Delver. It can kill um, Soul Ring. It can kill Oath of Druids. Yeah. Dredge Tokens. Bridge tokens. It can kill uh, Forbidden Orchard tokens, although I guess that's besides the point if you use Trinket Mage to get it. Well, before we get too much into the deck, Andy, what have you been up to, buddy? What, what have I been up to? Yeah. Well, I've uh, been taking a break from Classic. I've, I've not played a game of Classic for, uh, oh, probably about six weeks now. Um, it was heavily into Classic for many years, and uh, for a long, long time it was the only format that I played. Um, but just recently I've been uh, just diversifying. I just felt like I needed a bit of a break, a bit of a change of pace, and um, try my hand at a few different formats and uh, try and try and start enjoying Magic again. I'd found that I'd getting a little bit kind of tense playing Classic and kind of overanalyzing stuff, and some of the enjoyment had kind of ebbed away from, from, my, from my gaming of Magic. So I've been doing a few... Um, Four booster seals of Innistrad, which has been great fun. Um, still got a lot to learn, but I, I like the way the, the fun plays out. I've also been playing a small amount of block, uh, Innistrad block, um, red white humans, um, which is a, a great fun, a cheap deck as well. I saw sort of 24, 25 tickets. Oh, that's um, really good. Yeah, it's, uh, it runs um, Champion of the Parish, uh, Doom Traveler, um, Geese on a monk, um, Inquisitor gang. So you basically just play down a whole heap of humans, try and get the gang down to pump them all up. Um, and then backing up that white weenie horde is uh, things like Geist Flame, um, Devil's Play, and uh, Brimstone Volley. So um, you basically burn your opponent out at the end or clear away their creatures if they're in the way. And it's also got Midnight Hauntings as well to, uh, to get some critters on board. So it's got some pretty cool plays. Nothing... Uh, comparable to the bustiness of uh, Classic, but I say, it's uh, nice just to have a change of pace, and I'm enjoying it at the moment. Very cool, yeah, you got to figure out what you uh, what you get out of it, and if it's not equal now, it's definitely nice to change it up a little bit, and sounds like you're having a good time with it, so congrats on Yeah, that. yeah, I mean, I'll definitely be, uh, be shuffling back up Classic again soon, but uh, for now, I'm just enjoying, uh, enjoying something different, and... Um, you know, playing playing a bit of limited and playing a bit of block as well is uh, a good way of kind of, I guess, tightening up some of your plays as well. You know, where you have to make sure you get as much mileage as possible out of the cards, and uh, you know, gets you thinking about different scenarios other than just uh, how can I resolve an oath of druids or how can I get a, a tinker into blight steel. Very cool. Very cool. So. um... Definitely, definitely. So, uh, yeah, let's go back here and see if we can follow up with George on some of his Trinket Mage logic. You uh, you looking to put that in what kind of a shell there, buddy? My favorite Trinket Mage deck ever is Bomberman, and that deck maybe could do something, but I doubt it. Uh, I was thinking almost, almost like a standstill build. I'm not sure if I would want to run standstill as a card advantage, but I would definitely want to have access to... Engineered Explosives, Mana Crypt, Sol Ring, Sensi Top, Graph Digger's Cage, uh, and Balteki at the minimum. And possibly a Mox Opal. 
Yeah, Moxapel seems a little bit sketchy when you're probably going to have had three mana to cast the Trinket Mage. Uh, it would be, in that instance or that scenario, it would be like a fetch land. Because the Mox Opal would allow me to play any color or uh, generate any color mana. Yeah, if you had two other artifacts. Well, the, it, it is sketchy. I'm saying maybe, possibly. Um, but yeah, I, I just think that I think that if you can manage to slow down the game even a little bit in the early game, just like Standstill does, that uh, the added value of Trinket Mage, I mean, in a deck like Standstill, they don't play black, so they don't get the tutors. And Trinket Mage allows you to have, you know, like an out to dredge in game one with Gravdigger's Cage while not being completely dead in in every other matchup. Why wouldn't you just... Go ahead. Why, why wouldn't yeah? Why wouldn't you go for like sort of Turbo Tesserator decks? That's that's another option. You know, you play some Grim Monoliths and a couple of Altaic Keys, and you can get your cage out that way. Or you know, doesn't work with uh, Engineered Explosives. Um, well, it's also well, for zero. It does. You could still use it on Delver, but so like one of the reasons I like the the explosives is, I mean, Delver's pretty popular. And being able to blow it up for just two mana and possibly get two in the deal seems pretty good. And, I mean, explosives you can scale. It's just all utility. The question is, is are you going to have the time to utilize it to the best? I guess my question then would be this. Let's take the cost of a trinket major and put it into perspective. You have one blue and two colorless for a 2-2 body, and you get one a card to replace it, Okay. Um, so why wouldn't it be better than to just replace a couple of islands for a couple of swamps, or I mean a couple of underground seas, and instead of playing Trinket Mage, you could play something much more efficient and better that's a tutor that could find anything. Um, Is a tutu well, body that out, important? Outside of Oath of Druids, the body seems like all upside. It costs three mana, though. You're getting. Let's put it this way. When I do a breakdown on that, I think to myself, you're paying one blue mana for the effect and two colorless for a 2-2. Two -two. That's not the best deal I've ever heard. Uh, you're playing, you're paying one and you're paying a blue and two for any artifact in your deck, except for, you know, Time Vault or Grim Monolith. And it goes directly into your hand with a 2-2 two -two body. That, I mean... You're paying a colorless mana extra for a 2-2 body as, as a Demonic Tutor. I guess. I mean... I mean, Demonic Tutor can get anything. It could get a Force of Will or a Jace or what have you, but... I don't know. I, I, think, I think that the card advantage is good, and we have a dearth of options now. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. It, it definitely adds some utility to the deck. I just... I don't know how feasible it is in a format like this. I think, I think, let's put it this way. I think it's much more apt discussion for Legacy than it would be for Classic. Okay, what about um, another another uh, thing? When I wrote my Graph Diggers Cage article, I suggested possibly using Trinket Mage in uh, the four-color fish decks and playing like a one-of cage. That, that, I think it would have pretty decent application there because in that deck you're getting to cast it on turn two most of the time. And a 2-2 body actually makes a really big difference in the deck. I mean, I guess my main thing is this. Even in a deck like this, 
I don't want to run Cage main in a lot of decks. It's just so dead because it's great in the in the matchups where you're up against it. But that's why I think it's a little bit of a chicken little scenario. It does jack crap in in most matchups. Yeah, I mean you're right, but in a deck like uh, Four Color Fish, where it's only really bad matchup is Dredge and the card Tinker, I think it's worth including it main deck. All right, I mean, I I think you might you might be onto something there. I think that wouldn't be the worst idea in the world. So yeah, I mean, uh, Trinket Mage. If it if it does have an effect, I think it'll be really dependent on the cage, though. Because if it wasn't, then I think it'd be played a lot more right now. Oh, I I absolutely agree with that. I mean, Engineered Explosives is a neat little trick, but the real reason that I would put that in my deck is because there's at least one main deck cage. Yeah. All right. Well, that's very cool. Um, another one of the things that has been going on is this week I played my uh, Steel Cage match. I had uh, gotten a buy in round one, so I kind of got scooped into the second round where there's like 12 or 14 people. So uh, I played against uh, Gaines Banding, who is uh, the captain of the Lotus Farmers. So it was a kind of a clan versus clan captain battle going on. And uh, he was rocking the deck that I said last week was my worst matchup, uh, Storm. And I was not very confident going in. Um, but somehow I, I 2 0 into it. Uh, he had to mold a 5 game 1. Uh, I was, as you know, playing Deed still. And it turned into him uh, just really not finding anything until I started counterspelling things. So... By the time I got my counterspells online, he didn't really have a, a, a leg to stand on. Um, he would have to have an amazing like top deck sequence, like discard, discard, win condition or something. Uh, then game two, uh, after sideboard, I was really scared that I was going to get raped because he started going into his little motions there. He, uh, he got to storm out for six and cast a Mind's Desire. And oh, boy. Yeah, that that's definitely, you know, a scary situation when you have to let that resolve. And I did. He got Verdant Catacombs, uh, Lotus Petal, two Dark Rituals, a Duress, and a Cabal Therapy. So it was a complete whiff, and uh, I really lucked out. I got... I had two... Was, I, he, was he Hellbent as well? Uh, no. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah. The the way the game went, it was actually kind of a crazy game. I uh, I thought seized him and uh, was like, all right, I'm going to find something of value here. And his hand scared the living crap out of me. His hand was, he played a land pass. And when I thought seized him, I saw, um, tell me how scared you would be. It was Vampire Tutor, Yogmoth's Will, Infernal Tutor. Lion's Eye Diamond, Lion's Eye Diamond. Oh my goodness. And I was like, oh shit. <laughs> so I uh, did snap my... Snap or snap Yawgmoth's Will? Yeah, I snagged Yawgmoth's Will. I passed it. He did a vamp, and I think he grabbed another Lion's Eye Diamond, because he went Lion's Eye Diamond, Lion's Eye Diamond, Lion's Eye Diamond, Infernal Tutor for Infernal Tutor, Infernal Tutored for Mind's Desire... Played it with one floating, and that was his result. Yeah, if he if he had uh, gotten an Infernal Tutor in the Mind's Desire, it would have been over. Infernal Tutor in what? In the Mind's Desire flips. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But he didn't, so thank goodness for that. Um, and my hand was... I kept a really loose hand, but I kept it because I kind of knew if he was going to go off, he was going to go off. It wasn't game three, it was game two. So uh, I kept a hand with thought seize, a counterspell, and five lands. Oh, and, my. But the reason I kept that was because two of the lands were Mishra's factories, and those were my best win condition. And it turned out to be the right move because those Mishra's took the game. All right. So I guess that means our clan is better. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think it means I got luckier, but we'll see. I hope, I, I gotta say though, after winning this matchup, I definitely feel uh, like I have a chance at taking the thing down. I think uh, it's a good deck choice. And I think any deck that's remaining now uh, is hopefully in my crosshairs. I, I think it's like down to, it should be down to like six to eight people after this week. So we'll see what happens next week. Yeah, you'll be the first guy to win two events. <laughs> I don't know about that. We'll see. Stuart Ulk has a ridiculous amount of respect for me, dude. He gets to the finals in every one of these things. Oh, yeah, Stu, Stu is awesome. Apart from his dodginess with his dredge. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, Demonic Tutors today, foil promos. For what? You guys, for the mocks. It's happening right now as we record. Oh, cool. Um, are you guys interested in them at all? No. I thought I was going to be, but after I thought about it, I'm just really not. I think the iconic art, that's one of those cards like Soul Ring where I don't think you'll get better. Yeah, I mean, I do like the From the Vaults art on Soul Ring, but the original's better, and the original Demonic Tutor is just so, so much better looking than the Judge promo. Oh, dude, all of them. Look at the, uh, look at the strip mines in the FTV set compared to the real one. Oh, yeah, no. But, see, I do really like the art on the new Sol Ring. I don't it's know just, why. It's not cool you don't, the old You one. don't like it in the abstract? Let's, let's say It'd the original It'd be cooler if it was existed. on something else, but, like, if you say it's on Sol Ring, it's immediately worse by default. Uh, all right. It's, I think it's very Lord of the Rings-esque. Yeah, that might be another reason I don't like it. I'm not into all that stuff. Um, interesting about the Judge promos, though, is now instead of just 32, this year they extended it to the top 64. So there will be 64 foil demonic tutors in the system. Now, I, I, it's going to be really interesting to see how that affects the price of these foils. Because think about it on a micro-macro scale. Sure, it's double the amount in the system. Is that going to mean people think, wow, there's more of them? Because if you think about it on a on a macro level, there are, let's say there's 100,000 people on Moto total who've ever made an account. That's still a ridiculously low percentage of possible copies. Should it oh, really yeah. affect the price that much? Um, well, it, it's all about the Yawgmoth's will, you know. This, this card is more rare than a regular pack version. I still maintain the promo Yawgmoth will sucks. Yeah, I think well, the uh, the Saga one's nicer. Um, I I think it's going to um, going to have quite an impact by doubling the quantity there because if you think of the type of people that are actually going to want to own this card, it's not there's not going to be a huge amount of people clamoring for it. Well, well no, I mean I'll like be I'll be one of them, but well, instead of paying you know eighty dollars that I paid for Yawgmoth's will. I see myself paying like twenty, maybe fifteen for this. 
I mean, it's kind of uh, strange that you can, like, think about some of these 32 copies of cards, and there are some that you can find on these bots out there. It's oh, kind yeah. of crazy. you you got to think, maybe, I guess these collectors are just fine with regulars. I don't know. I think I think you'll struggle to get one for twenty. You think you think it'll be more expensive than twenty for a four? I think people have I think people have cottoned on to the fact that these are worth money and that they. I mean, I know, I know it'll be worth much more than a regular version of an MAD four, but I don't know if it'll be worth much more than a foil version, which sits around like twenty six. Well, we'll see where it where it lands out, but. Um... When you think of the price of uh, of Yagwell now, yeah, now. But when I bought that card, that was the, people knew that that was the best card ever in Magic, and I still was able to get one for either sixty-eight or seventy-eight tickets. Wow, that's really okay. ridiculous. That card's being bought right now for three hundred and thirty-nine tickets. Wow, getting close to my five hundred. Are you selling out if it hits five hundred, George? I said that I would. However, if it does hit 500, I may just have to keep it and go for 1,000. <laughs> I, I would not be upset if I had to keep my card, is what I'm saying. Yeah, no, it sounds, uh, sounds like a good bit of business there. I'm in for the long con. Wow. <laughs> Another one of these cards, that was, it's so amazing to see what happens with these cards. Like The other one that just got really rare all of a sudden was the Foil Birds promo, right guys? Yeah. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, there's four copies on this bot. Wow! Yeah. Someone must someone must have sold their collection. Yeah. Like, or not their whole collection, but their collection of set. Don't yeah. don't you remember when there were six copies of Yagnos Will on that particular bot, and the price went down to like 120? Dude, yep. somebody owned the system. Oh yeah. And it's it's in spite of that, Yagnos Will has you know, gained another 50% from when its last height, which was about a year ago, at like 240. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good, all good, all good. Interesting stuff. So, guys, uh, anything else this week? Um, well, we we did fire an event today, so we'll have that to talk about next week. Good, good, good. good. Uh, I suppose we'll have Zach's round three as well. Yep, good stuff. Hopefully it'll be a good matchup for me. Well, guys, I think that's probably it then for this week. Um, as ever, we will thank our hosts, mtgotraders.com, puremtgo.com, and we'll see you in seven. See you guys. Have a good one. <laughs>